My name is Sharn, and I'm your host for My Style Live. My Style Live is a fashion podcast for industry insiders and outsiders alike, covering style, business, healthcare, music, and culture. Tune in monthly for My Style Live podcasts. To learn more, visit mystylelive.com. Today's guest will feature Dr. Candace Knight. What is coronavirus or COVID-19 and how can you stay safe and healthy? Join My Style Live podcast episode with Dr. Knight covering the COVID-19 virus and women's health and wellness. This episode will include free tools to help you maintain a healthy lifestyle. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Hi. How are you doing, Dr. Knight? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing great. We thank you for joining My Style Live podcast. And we would love to hear everything that you have to let us know about family medicine and integrative medicine today. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, could you tell us a little about yourself? Um just a little background. Where'd you go to college? What are some things that you like to do? Sure. So um, let's see. I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, and um, I grew up there until I spent some time in the latter part of high school in Georgia before um, going to Yale University in Connecticut for college, wow. where, <clears throat> where I majored in history. And also did some pre-med. Um, and then I went to um, back to New Orleans and I got a master's degree in public health before going to medical school at LSU. Wow. I did not know that you attended Yale. And I think I've known you for about um, 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably more than that. <laughs> I'm definitely impressed and um, I also have a son that is currently looking into colleges. He's a class of 2021, and he's also interested in Yale. So we'll have to talk after this podcast a little more about Yale. Absolutely. I would love to do that. So, so I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Um, so what we're going to do today is just have a girlfriend's conversation, kind of relaxed, laid back. We're going to discuss health, wellness, a little of what you do, and also tell us some good things to stay safe with. Thank you for listening to My Style Live podcast. Stay tuned. We are going to take a short break for a commercial. In COVID nineteen, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yes, ma'am. 
So if we can start off a little bit, what is integrative medicine? What is that type of practice? So we can explain to our listeners. Sure. So I am a family doctor by, um, by training. I'm, I'm a board certified family doctor and I'm also board certified in integrative medicine. So in a typical family medicine practice, we are seeing, like we say, cradle to the grave. We take care of everything that comes through our door. And when adding integrative medicine into the practice, the approach is still the same. It's just that when someone comes in with a complaint now, instead of just treating their symptom or whatever they come in complaining about, we also start asking questions about why they have that symptom, why they have that disease in the first place. And we start trying to correct some of the underlying things behind that. So the best example I can give you is that if someone comes into the clinic and they say they have hypertension, you know, we see a lot of high blood pressure in any family medicine practice. So we're trained to give them medication to get the blood pressure down. So I wouldn't necessarily not do that in my current practice um, because, of course, you still don't want the patient to have a stroke. That's but it's true. just that our our care wouldn't stop there. Our care would start there because then I would start asking questions about how they live, how they take care of themselves, how they move their bodies, how they sleep, what their job is like, how are they eating, what other stressors are in their life, what other challenges are in their life to try to figure out why they may have high blood pressure in the first place. And we start try to, trying to correct those things so that they don't become dependent upon any medication for the rest of their life. In an ideal situation, we would correct that problem and then get them back off the medication. Okay. Well, what are some signs, since we're talking about high blood pressure, what are some signs that people should recognize if they're having um, some, I guess, symptoms of high blood pressure? What should they look for? So sometimes we'll, well, patients will say they have a headache. Um, that's a big one. Sometimes they'll say that they feel like they can hear a sound in their ear or they have like, they, they, a lot of patients will say, I have my heart beats in my ear. You know, I, I hear that um, a okay. lot. Sometimes you can have changes in the eye when you have an eye exam. You can okay. have changes in vision. But honestly, um, the, so many patients just don't even know that they have it. You don't necessarily have to have a symptom of high blood pressure, which is why it can be frightening and why it can go on for a long period of time. And this is one of the benefits of getting checked at least once a year by a physician or investing in something where you can check at home your blood pressure so that if there's something wrong, you can address it sooner rather than later. Okay. So can you find, I guess, one of these tools to use at home? Can you find it at a Walgreens maybe? Yes, absolutely. You can find it at Walgreens and any drugstore or now okay. in the tech world that we have, you can even <laughs> go to uh, Best Buy has wireless ones that sync up to an app and um, the app can record your blood pressure directly from the blood pressure cuff. And okay. the great part about those is that they're portable so you can take them with you wherever you go Okay, and, and check it. So it's really, really great for a patient who's um, already knows they have a problem and they want to keep track of it on a regular basis, they can take it with them. And I, I thank you for letting me know that now I'm going to actually invest in one just to check mine, just to make sure that I'm okay. Yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that information. Okay, so how long have you been in um, medicine? So I finished residency in 2011. And um, shortly after that, I started pursuing training in integrative medicine 
And I stayed with my residency as faculty for a year before going into the private sector and practicing for a hospital for a couple of years in integrative medicine. And then in 2014, I decided to open my own place. And so Night Integrative Medicine was born, so to speak, in August of 2014. And we've been here ever since. Okay, because I actually enjoy your weekly Wellness Wednesdays. I look forward to your post just to let you know that to kind of keep me on track with my well, my wellness and my healthy lifestyle practices that you um, oftenly post about. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. So I, I look forward to your post just to let you know that. So by now, most Americans, we've heard of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But how does your practice address the COVID-19 currently? within women's health and wellness and different things that are going on? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that is probably different about our integrative practice is that, you know, COVID to us is yet another challenge, but we try to stress to our patients that, you know, we can't just focus on reacting to COVID. We need to focus on building resilience within ourselves because today the challenge is COVID. Tomorrow it might be another infection. That's true. Some other challenge. So our job is then to become um, our, our, our best advocate for our health. And when we have a healthy immune system and when we invest in self-care, something that women in particular have a hard time doing because we're so busy caring for everyone else. But that's true. It's very, very important for us to invest in our own health and invest in having a healthy immune system so that then we're resilient to COVID or whatever else comes our way. And I'm sure you know, Charmaine, that there are plenty of people that are walking around asymptomatic. Why, why is that? Why do we have a patient that's infected but asymptomatic or has a mild course versus a patient who is on a ventilator in the ICU and eventually succumbs to the disease? Yes. And the majority of the time when I talk to my emergency medicine colleagues, what they're telling us is that there, there are underlying problems in these patients that are doing poorly. And the primary underlying problem is that patients have chronic inflammation. Okay. The things that are given the most attention are, are hypertension and and diabetes because those two illnesses tend to compromise oxygenation of your tissue in your body at baseline. And when you have a disease like COVID that further compromises your ability to oxygenate your tissue, then people tend to become really sick. But what we think the bigger problem is, is that COVID has the ability to activate something that we call an inflammasome. And what that means is that there are molecules in our body that communicate messages of inflammation. And many times there are cascade. One molecule goes out, talks to four more friends about, hey, let's make, let's create a bunch of inflammation. Then those four friends do that again, downstream, talking to all of these molecules. And the problem with COVID is that we think it has a great ability to initiate that type of reaction and get and generate a lot of inflammation and becomes very, very hard for a patient who's already challenged that baseline to recover. So our job in integrative medicine is to dampen that inflammatory response before the person ever gets sick. What we do in our practice is that we're evaluating what's happening underneath the surface and trying to mitigate any of those early signs that a patient could potentially have problems with inflammation so that when they face something like COVID, their body is like, okay, I can take care of this piece of cake versus getting really sick. Okay. Wow. 
that's great information. I am so happy that you explained it to me in detail this way. And to the listeners, I'm sure they will be extremely happy to hear this information. So how can women better take care of ourselves during COVID? You know, do, is, would you recommend healthy eating, a different lifestyle change, um, some exercise? Because you're in really good shape, Dr. Knight. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Thank you very much. I mean, well, yes, I, I recommend this for women in particular. Now, just I want to be clear that COVID is not gender specific. In okay. fact, what we do see is that the men tend to have the worst outcome statistically than women. Wow. But I think because women, um, if they're on hormone replacement therapy, especially particularly birth control pills, we see an increased risk of blood clots with that. Anything oh. that makes the blood thicker puts the person at risk. Why, it's why diabetes is a problem. Um, so women have to be careful if they're on birth control pills. And we talk about that in my practice on a regular basis, even outside the context of COVID, because, you know, it's important for women to know that that's a risk factor and something they need to pay attention to. Um, but as far as maintaining our health during COVID, stress management is key. It's a okay. big deal in our society right now. And women in particular, we are you know, now we're working in careers, we're taking care of the family still, we are trying to be super wife and super mom and, you know, super corporate person. Yes. <laughs> and you always feel like you're, you're never 100% committed to, to one thing. And That's that so can activate stress hormones in our body that make us more susceptible to getting infect infections and other things. So one of the things that I talk to my women about is, and really men too, but women in particular, is to find an outlet that really helps you de-stress and be in the moment. Because even being able to do that where you can just check out and focus only on centering for a very short amount of time during the day has been shown to confer benefits to okay. our health. So that's really important. Also, getting adequate sleep is important. I'm guilty of this myself where I'm reviewing patient charts or looking up you know, new studies or something before bed at nighttime and not having an adequate way of winding down. Okay. A lot of times we feel guilty if we go take that bath, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Check out. But it's so important to do that. And I'll tell my patients, go take a bath, put half a cup of Epsom salt in there, okay. another half a cup of baking soda in there, and just let your body absorb all that magnesium and just relax. It really, really sets the tone for bedtime. It helps relax all your muscles and it helps you de-stress. Because the other thing that I think we don't talk about, everyone's always asking about what's the fanciest drug out there, what's the fanciest supplement, <laughs> is sleep, right? If we yes, sleep, it is. that is our time to restore, that is our time to heal and repair our bodies, and so many of us don't get adequate sleep. Either we're not sleeping for enough hours, or we're not getting a deep enough sleep because we're too wound up. So it's important for women to invest in a bedtime ritual that will okay. prepare their body to go to bed and to try to get adequate sleep at nighttime. I cannot tell everyone um, firmly enough that these screens that we have, all this technology that we have in our lives, <laughs> with the blue lights, right? Everyone's okay. blue lights. Those blue lights interfere with our ability to produce melatonin at nighttime. And okay. melatonin is very important for us to make, especially naturally, in order to call all these other repair hormones in to help us heal and repair from the damage that we may have accumulated during the day. So 
if we're spending time on these screens late at nighttime, you will blunt your own melatonin response and will not get an adequate sleep, even if you're in the bed for eight hours. Wow. It's important for us to try to get away from these screens. And if you have to be on a screen, if you have to be on the screen, there are blue light blocking glasses that you can purchase. Oh. Several companies out there, they have a red lens on them. And so what I recommend is that after the sun sets, put on those glasses when you're sitting under light at home or you're watching an LED TV screen or you're looking at your camera. I mean, I mean okay. I'm sorry, your, your um, computer screen or your cell phone so that you don't interfere with all of the things that you want to have to happen at nighttime while you're sleeping. Okay, so let me re-emphasize this um, because I'm guilty of not getting enough sleep. How many hours do you recommend of sleep a night at night? It does vary um, for people, but I think that between seven and eight tends to be the standard response. Most people are going to get good rest if they are if they're sleeping between seven and eight hours. Okay, at night. Okay, so I'm going to start practicing this at night, and I'm going to try the, the blocking glasses. So I'm, I'm going to try some different things that try to help me to relax and, of course, be stress-free. The other day, I was looking at a nightly news segment, and they said that some women are experiencing hair loss during COVID. <laughs> so I'm going to attribute that to maybe stress. Yes, Okay, I'm going to attribute that to stress, okay? So uh, some other things that I've read about or I've been um, seeing on the internet, mental health issues that Mm -hmm. are associated with isolation and quarantine. Yes. Well, I'm I'm trying to get out, you know, a little. I'm (laughs) social distancing myself. (laughs) I'm wearing my mask. Do you recommend wearing your mask? Yes, when you're out when you're out in public, I do recommend wearing it. Um, okay, because it does give a barrier. I know it's a controversial topic, but it's important to give a barrier to any type of um, infection that you may face out 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 and about. Here in New Orleans, okay. where we are basically one of the epicenters of the virus, it's okay. important for us to protect ourselves because we aren't even able to fully go back to school right now because the virus is still spreading quite a bit oh yes it is are are full and we um don't want to get to a point where we can't take care of the people that need to be taken care of so i do recommend that you wear it but i think that one of the things that's happening for people like you said i mean um is that we're, we're so we're social and we're so used to being out and about and being able to interact with people. And it does create depression when we're not able to interact with others. Thank goodness for technology, like what we're doing right now. And I was able to, you know, have a zoom practice thanks to technology and we didn't have to skip a beat. I could still see my patients. They could still see me. We could interact. But I think what I'm seeing a lot too, is that a lot of patients are spending a lot more time inside. Okay. And, it's important for us, even though we're in quarantine, to go outside and get exposed to sunlight. It is really important because the sun does a lot of things for us, including make vitamin D. And okay. vitamin D is not only important to fight the infection, it's also tremendously important for our mood. Because okay. the production of something called dopamine, which is our reward chemical, the same reason why some women reach for a glass of wine at the end of the day, or... You know, <laughs> 
smoke a cigarette or something. They're looking for that dopamine response that lifts them. And we get that from vitamin D and we get it from the sun. Okay. So I tell my patients, look, it's summer right now. It's, it's a warm time of year. Go outside. Let your skin get exposed to sunlight. Um, if you're really, really invested in this, then I tell them there's an app called D-Minder. D-Minder. Okay. Where you can actually put in what your doctor discovered on your last time he checked your labs. He or she checked your, your vitamin D level. You can put that in and put in your zip code. It'll ask you some questions about your skin tone. And it will make a recommendation for how much time you should spend outside in the sun and how much percentage of your skin should be exposed so that okay. you can get some adequate vitamin D. And as a last resort, you can also supplement with it. But um, it's important for us to get vitamin D for both of those reasons. Okay. We see a lot of exacerbation of post-traumatic stress and anxiety and depression from being inside during COVID. And I think it's a combination of, you know, being scared to interact and not remembering that, hey, we're lucky that we live in a time period where we still have plenty of ways to interact with our friends and family. And also, I think people forget how important it is just because we can't go to a party down the street, it's still important for you to get outside and get exposed to nature and to the sun. I, I'm going to agree with that because I'm actually following your recommendations. Would you recommend, okay, because I do take vitamins, but I think I'm going to get in the sun a little bit more now. Yes. We've been taught to be afraid of it. And, <laughs> you know, anything in moderation is good for you, especially when it's something that comes from nature. Okay. And um, do you recommend putting on the sunscreen too? If you're going to go out midday, um, you know, for an extended period of time, then yes. But for the most part, this is going to sound probably um, the opposite of what most people are used to hearing, but we shouldn't be afraid of getting some of the sun's light. You know, okay. I think that when we talk about vitamin D, for example, we see an increased rate of cancers and melanoma from people having low vitamin D. Oh, well, if wow. vitamin D primarily comes from the sun, then we can't block and avoid the sun entirely because it could put us at increased risk. Okay. So it is important for us to get outside a little bit and not be afraid of the sun. But, you know, if you're going to go boating or something and you're going to do it all day, then, okay. you know, then protect yourself in one way or another. Okay. Well, my son loves to swim, so I'm going to tell him just, you know, let's minimize it, but wear a little sunscreen when you're out there for, I guess, more than six hours. But Right. We're, we're swimmers around here. That's good. <laughs> Try to stay active and healthy. So what do you recommend for vacation and travel? How should we travel with COVID? And how should we, you know, should we just not sit at home, sit at home? Can we fly on a plane? Do you have any suggestions to kind of help us out now with COVID? Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, the airlines are trying their best to do a good job about, um, you know, maintaining the recommendations for social distancing and, and spacing out the chairs. But I think we have to remember that on an airplane, the air is recirculated. So what I've been telling my patients okay. to do is wear an N95 mask um, if they can on the plane. Okay. And most of us at this point now can get our hands on one. So you can get one N95 that you keep and then just put a cloth mask on top of it. Okay. And so while you're on the plane, you can wear that. Um, and of course, you know, keep your distance, sanitize your hands. Okay. But if you, ha if you have to travel, it's okay to travel. Okay. Just be careful. Now, if I have someone that's at an increased risk because, you know, there are a cancer patient or they have some other type of immunocompromise then 
I might discourage them from traveling, just like I'm discouraging them from getting out and about too much. Okay. But um, a regular patient who's just healthy, there's no problem with you traveling if you just practice, um, pre- take the take the necessary precautions to protect yourself. Okay. Now I'm actually enjoying podcast that we're doing right now. Bring you back. Because I want to okay. get more into detail. We'll touch on the, su- the subject a little bit now, but then we'll, I'll probably end up bringing you back because I'm sure this is going to be interesting and I don't want to be too long-winded with this. So <laughs> this will be a next episode with us. But single relationships. People approach dating in COVID. Kissing different things. So that's why I said we'll get into detail on the next <laughs> podcast. But how, how should single women approach dating or single men? Because we're going to say this episode is for men and women. Everyone. Yeah, that is that is a challenging question. You know, I think you're the first person who's <laughs> ever asked me that, Charmaine. But um, you know, so I guess it depends on the environment that they met, because if there's someone that have been around each other already, then they ha- they would have to take less precaution than someone that um, is exposed to someone entirely new. Okay. And I think in those cases, you know, um, if you're ready to become intimate, it probably would benefit you both to get swabbed and okay. just make sure no one has any viral copies that are multiplying to protect the other person. If okay. they are positive, they can quarantine for two weeks. Um, okay. Just like we tell anyone. And then if if and everything's okay, then they can go ahead and proceed to, you know, be in each other's company more intimately. Okay. That's, I, I like that. Okay. So the kissing, probably will hold off on the kissing for now. <laughs> we need a negative test before that happens. <laughs> Okay, but I'm, I'm going to bring you back on another episode. This will be a sponsored segment that we can discuss relationships and COVID, you know, and I'm sure you can provide more insight and detail. This is, I don't want to be too long-winded today with everyone. So you're in Louisiana. Yes, ma'am. And how has COVID impacted the travel industry, tourism because you're where Bourbon Street is, New Orleans. I love New Orleans. I love yes. coming to visit New Orleans. That's one of my favorite places to visit. And I love seeing my family down there. <laughs> yes. We're having a tough time down here, you know, to be honest with you. Um, okay. You know, we we were tremendously infected, uh, affected, by, no pun intended, yes. but the infected, but um, tremendously affected by Mardi Gras this year. Just the, just the timing of Mardi Gras. Um, compared to the timing of when COVID became a problem, brought in over a million people internationally into our city. And we've had a rough time of it since then. And as you can imagine, because tourism is such a huge part of our economic stability, we are suffering here because, you know, Bourbon Street and a lot of the bars, we tried to open them. Our governor had to close them again because of um, an increase in cases that he was concerned about overwhelming the hospitals and unfortunately the hospitality business, which is a huge portion of who we are and how we make money down here has been hit pretty hard. So there are businesses that are suffering. We are hoping that, you know, his efforts to 
protect everyone with the social distancing and, and close everything back down for the short term will will allow us to reopen. I know that's what his intentions okay. are. And I hope that we can, you know, open up as soon as possible. But we are feeling tremendously what the rest of the country is feeling as far as economically where businesses can't open and a lot of a lot of businesses that whose livelihood is dependent upon tourism and the hospitality industry are suffering. We we're seeing businesses close. And um, okay. our prayer is that things change fast, you know? Oh, yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, you know, I'm jokingly saying it with a little seriousness as well. But um, Tennessee, I don't know if we're getting the memos because we're still making national news for parties here in uh, transportainment. Yes. <laughs> they closed it down. They moved to the suburbs. So um, I think now the mayor... And the governor, I think they realize that it is a problem here and they're putting more stringent rules and laws in place to help protect Tennesseans. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We're, it's slowly changing and um, we're praying that the parties will stop here. <laughs> the yes. largest of the parties and um, people will start wearing their masks because they, they have complained that some people are saying they refuse to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But I, but they've started issuing citations. So we're praying that it changes here. Yes, I, I bet. And so, you know, Tennessee, we have Second Ave. You have Bourbon Street. <laughs> 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 but, okay. So I'm going to ask you one more question because this affects, I guess, the uh, development of a, a new type of drug or some a vaccine that can potentially help Americans should people voluntarily participate in a vaccine testing what are your thoughts do we need a vaccine for COVID-19 well look I would love to have a vaccine that conferred immunity to to the illness but unfortunately I'm not sure that that's a reasonable expectation. You know, we've had a hard time in the past developing a vaccine against coronavirus. And mm-hmm. I think at best, maybe we'll come up with something similar to the flu. Coronavirus mutates just like the flu does. Um, oh, wow. And so that's been the challenge for them coming up with a vaccine in the first place. So I'm always apprehensive when we're talking about a new treatment that hasn't been around for long enough for us to see side effects. So okay. I can't say I would encourage um, my patients to volunteer to go sign up to get tested because basically they're becoming a guinea pig, which okay. doesn't make me comfortable, you know? Okay. But, okay. Um, but that's the million dollar question. I mean, it's, it's yet to be seen. Can, are they going to come up with a vaccine that will be adequate in protecting us? I just that's tell people true. right now, we have to just stay open minded, but we also have to be cautiously optimistic because if I'm going to put something in my body, I want to make sure that um, it's something that's actually going to confer more benefit than it will harm, you know, just like anything, what's the risk benefit ratio. And right now there's so many unknowns. We, we, we rushed with the testing, put a lot of things out on the market that aren't probably as accurate as they would have been if they had followed the general rules, but because we were in desperate times, desperate measures were taken and, we're still struggling with that. So before yes, we are. I jump on the bandwagon of, you know, saying, yes, let's just, the, the vaccine is the end all be all. I want to make sure that everyone is safe. 
Yeah, that is true. I didn't look at it from that perspective, but I'm glad that, you know, you always say something that makes me look at it in a different perspective, in a positive way, and say, you know what, why didn't I think of that? But I thank you, Dr. Knight, for coming on to my Style Live podcast. I thank you for your insight, your answers. Like I said, I would love to bring you back for a sponsored segment when we will discuss single relationships and COVID. And I'm sure you will provide very good insight. Lastly, I would like to ask you, is there anything that you would like to state while we're on this podcast? Well, I think when it comes to COVID, what I want people to know is that, look, we have to be responsible as far as protecting ourselves and others, but I don't want you to live in fear. Because I, I know okay. this has generated a lot of fear and anxiety in a lot of my patients. And I tell them, look, take a deep breath. Because our approach to life at KIM and Integrative Doctors is, hasn't changed because COVID's here. There's always going to be a challenge okay. out there. But we try to live our lives remembering that the human body is extraordinary. But we need to remember to take care of it and not abuse it. <laughs> because... Especially in America, we're good at abusing it and taking it for granted. And then when it doesn't have the resilience to help you overcome this next challenge, we get upset. It's like, no, we've got to remember to take a step back. And um, self-care is the best care. Prevention is the best treatment for anything. So when you are taking that bath, when you're investing in yoga class, when you're taking that, going to the gym and you're taking that break or you're going to dinner with your girlfriends because it helps you de-stress. We need to not feel guilty about that. We need to think of it as this is me caring for myself. This is my medicine. This is my prevention. So super important, super important to get adequate rest. That email can wait to the next morning. The world is not going to end. Go to sleep. Get rest. Eat healthy food. Food is medicine. And what I tell patients is that food is instructions. Food is not just something, I'm in South Louisiana, so like, of course, we love to eat down here, right? We know we like to indulge, we like to have all these fabulous foods, but it's important for us to remember that your cells are getting instructions from what you ingest. That's your instruction manual. So if I go to McDonald's, I'm getting a different instruction than I am eating broccoli with some fish and some roasted potatoes, right? (laughs) So what kind of instructions do you want to give your cells? Because foods, we should have, you know, lots of plants, real food that came from a fish or an animal, and not all these things that we rely on for convenience these days that are actually causing more harm and taking more from us than they're giving us. So take care of yourselves, make good choices. And then, um, you know, from a supplement standpoint, if you want me to mention supplements, particularly from COVID, I would say if if you ask me to pick just my top ones, I would say vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and elderberry. Those four, I, I try to get my patients to take. And then usually I'll tell them to either do a multivitamin or, um, or eat some Brazil nuts, or eat some fish, because all of those things are rich in selenium. And selenium's also been shown to make it a little bit more difficult for that virus to replicate and penetrate your cells. But while I'm big about supplements, they are supplementary to a healthy lifestyle. So move your body, get sleep, de-stress, eat real food, and just love yourself. 
You know, I'm actually taking notes to let you know this, Dr. Knight. <laughs> I'm taking notes of everything <laughs> that you're saying just to make sure I'm on the right track. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm actually enjoying our session. And, uh, you know, it makes it's an eye opener to listen. The sleep part, I'm actually listening to the sleep part. I need to get more sleep. Yes. So, with that being said, do you have an Instagram page? that people can add you or follow you, your practice, medical office on, that way they can get some of this great information. We sure do. Now, um, I'm guilty, guys, of not remembering all of these different hashtags. But if you go to our main website page, we have links to all of our social media on there. And we'd be happy to interact with you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Thank you. And um, I'll, I'll uh, attach a link that listeners can go to your Instagram page because that's where I find a lot of my valuable information and awesome. also stay on the eat healthy eating habits. <laughs> so I thank you, Dr. Knight, again for coming thank on. Thank you so much for having line. me. And I thank Knight Integrative Medicine. I thank you for coming on to this podcast again and you have a wonderful thank you, you too have a blessed day bye bye you too bye bye This episode will include free tools to help you maintain a healthy lifestyle and wellness and also manage stress during COVID-19. Stay tuned for free information and website links to social media platforms. Thank you. You know, I'm actually taking notes to let you know this, Dr. Knight. (laughs) I'm taking notes of everything (laughs) that you're saying just to make sure I'm on the right track. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm actually enjoying our session, and uh, you know, it makes it's an eye opener to listen. The sleep part, I'm actually listening to the sleep part. I need to get more sleep. Yes. So, with that being said, do you have an Instagram page that people can add you or follow you, your practice, medical office on? That way, they can get some of this great information. We sure do. Now, um, I'm guilty, guys, of not remembering all of these different hashtags. But if you go to our main website page, we have links to all of our social media on there. And we'd be happy to interact with you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Thank you. And um, I'll I'll, uh, attach a link that listeners can go to your Instagram page because that's where I find a lot of my valuable information and also stay on the eat healthy eating habits. (laughs) So I thank you, Dr. Knight again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. And I thank Knight integrative medicine. I thank you for coming on to this podcast again and you have a wonderful Thank you, you too. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.
The coronavirus pandemic affects women's health in a multitude of ways. In addition to the threat to women's physical health, COVID-19 and its ramifications are creating burdens on women's that negatively influence their mental, emotional, social, and financial health as well. In these challenging times, Knight Integrative Medicine is committed to continuing their work globally to raise awareness about issues impacting women's health during the pandemic. Well, that's our episode for today. I hope you had fun and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Join us next month. Again, visit us at mystylelive.com.